All right, folks, let's uh, kick this off. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Allahumma salli salatan kamila wa sallim salaman tamman ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Alladhi tanhallu bihi al-uqad wa tanfariju bihi al-kurab wa tuqda bihi al-hawaij wa tunalu bihi al-raghaib wa husnu al-khawatim. ويستسقى الغمام بوجه الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه. We begin today by um, pointing out to you that this is the book we're going to be reading a lot from this book in the future. Saviors of the Islamic Spirit. Hassan al-Basri, Sayyidina Ahmed bin Hanbal, Sayyidina Abdul Qadir al-Jalani, Sayyidina Umar bin Abdul Aziz. Subhanallah, we go back centuries, centuries. And if we met one of these men today, like we could just sit down and there would be no difference, right? Mm. The differences would be all minor things, right? They would just not know what kind of, how you got that clothes. I wouldn't know where his clothes is. Superficial, right? That's it. Uh, Probably except that we would be very weaker when it comes to withstanding the heat, right? (laughs) But on, on what our belief on the purpose of life, no difference. What is our belief on everything else that's important? Zero difference. What we eat, how we get married. We, we may differ on how to cook the food, that's it. By the way, if you're from the Middle Eastern diet, we have the simplest diet. Salt, olive oil, lemon. That's 80% of everything we put on our food. The condiments. That's it. <laughs> Just give me salt, olive oil, and maybe lemon. If I could survive on salt and olive oil, that's it. Like, you give me any piece of food. Slaughter a, a chicken catch a squirrel, whatever it is, I'm going to clean it, skewer it, cook it, okay? All I'm going to do is I'm going to drizzle olive oil on it and I'm going to drizzle some salt. That's all we need as Middle Eastern people. Mediterranean people is better. Middle East is relative to England. Why do I relativizing myself to England, right? I'm not relative to England. Mediterranean, that's objective. The ocean's right there. It's It's beautiful. Well, it was way more beautiful than it is now, but it was always considered the, the center of the earth is that Mediterranean Sea. I heard that's what St. Omar used to eat. Like just yeah. olive oil, salt, and bread. That's oh, it. subhanAllah. That's what he used to eat. Yeah. That's what I heard. So olive oil and salt is a combination that could make whatever you cook will make it excellent. So uh, Mecca Books, you want to get this book th- that to follow along with what we're doing? And here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. You all need to start doing ta'lim yourself. Mm-hmm. This does not take any jaza, right? There's no aqidah, there's no fiqh. Of course, we're going to slip in aqidah and fiqh. Mm-hmm. But you all should be able to teach these stories to your kids and have out loud readings with your families. Okay? So we're, we don't want you just listening. We want you also transmitting. Go and be active. Give dawah to your family. In different formats. You're not going to sit down and say, okay, sit down, family, let me give you dawah. No, just every once in a while, open up the book, read it, tell the story to your family, to your kids. Mm -hmm. Have one of your kids read it out loud. That's how it works, and that's how we bring the rahmah into the homes. It's the greatest dawah. Next is professors one-to-one, and if you're in New Jersey, July 25th all the way to August 30th, if you are in New Jersey, okay, SAT class, intensive. These kids are going to come out, you know, 
inshallah ta'ala ready for the SAT after taking this. I'm getting a lot of comments here on the different things that subhanallah the desiyin cannot stand the Arab food. They cannot stand the Arab food. They cannot eat it. It's just too weak for them. And then the Arab brothers cannot eat the desi food. No, the, Arab, the, the, the Arabs have to have... Um, it's too spicy. What's a, what skim version, like skim, skim milk <laughs> version of desi food. Skim biryani. Yeah. So, so all these uh, stores here, they have two selections. All the restaurants, they have two selections. They have a selection for their people who understand their food and has to have a high spice level. And then people like us where it's just like a drizzle of spice so that we can actually eat it. All right, so um, Aslam is taking a calculus exam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you the tawfiq. Man, Amen. calculus too. That's rough. May Allah ta'ala give you the tawfiq. Amen. What if you have too many sins and you want to do good deeds, but you don't have the time or the money to do those kind of good deeds? The good deed is by the intention in which you can do. It could be a small good deed. It could be a big good deed. That's not the issue. It's the, the as the Quran says, the blood and the meat do not reach Allah Ta'ala, but it's the intention that reaches Allah. So you have to have that intention, and that's what's going to reach Allah Ta'ala. So professors one-to-one, and then next is yourselves, uh, safinasociety.com, uh, patreon.com backslash Society, and you'll see all the names of our supporters come up in the credits, which we update at a, on a weekly basis, inshallah Ta'ala. All right, so the... Uh, Patreon.com backslash Safinicide is how you can be part of this. All right, next topic of discussion is our schedule coming fo- going forward. You have to know our schedule so that you do not have, um, you don't miss out. So we have two, we have a full schedule. So Monday through Thursday for four weeks in the month of July, but we only have two weeks off, two classes off. One is the 4th of July weekend, everyone's off. You're going to be in Spain, so what we need you to do is train Habib for this. Or Oz. Is Oz going with you? So can, can we uh, ask Oz from now to do it? Yeah, so for six episodes, uh, Oz needs to be able to do it. So, um, me too. can you write, uh, at Oz, can you cover when Ryan's in Spain? And then you see the chandelier, that's when we're on. We're off for the 11th, which is Eid. Okay, and we have one of our brothers. What was his name again? Big name. Like something like uh, Star Wars hero. What was his name? X-Man hero, shockwave, shocked the world. And he was nervous about slaughtering. So we said, you're slaughtering and you're sending us the picture so that everyone can see. Now, did someone come with a big screen name? Shockwave, the new X-Man, right? And then he's like, nervous about slaughtering. So he, he said he's going to prove himself and send us the picture that he actually slaughtered, right? We it gets need easier that. with each cut. Huh? It gets easier it gets with easier. each cut. Oh, yeah. Do it with your eyes closed. Okay. Next up is, let's take a look at the household of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we get madad from dhikr uh, al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and this is the true activism is reminding people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the beginning. Yes, activism is also advocating for the people, right? For the miskeen and the poor. But activism is also in giving madad and putting down madad into the hearts of the mu'mineen. And here, I don't, I don't need to read it, right? Just look at the pictures enough. Okay. So 
there are these uh, people who made renderings of the prophet's home. And Ryan is going to start us a, 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 a slideshow for us where we're going to look at what did the prophet's house look like. And the prophet's home was attached to the masjid and it was very simple, extremely simple home. And many, many, many orientalists, they're extremely like, to say like impressed. How did this man have this much power? And he never used it for himself. Mm-hmm. Right? And it was extremely important for the Messenger of Allah وسلم, to be given the greatest amount of riches that any Arab man had ever had. Mm-hmm. And he was. Was any, any Arab ever own, have the wealth that the Prophet وسلم, have after the battle of Hudaybiyah? Uh, sorry, um, the battle of Ta'if against Ta'if, right? In that battle, one-fifth of the entire Ta'if was his. Mm-hmm. One-fifth of all that wealth, because all the men came out against him. Yeah. So all the men are his, are his captives. One-fifth of all their wealth is his. Then they also come out to battle with their wives and their children. Oh, they came out with their and, wives yeah, and children so that, their wives, so that they could not run away. Yeah, entice them to stay. Yeah, yeah, forces them not to be cowards in front of them. Okay. So the Messenger of Allah وسلم, can easily be counted as at one point he was the wealthiest man in Arabia and he gave away all the money. Mm-hmm. He gave it all away. But Allah Ta'ala has made him the wealthiest man for a reason. To show you how he's going to handle it as the last and final messenger, he gave it all away. Mm-hmm. And he never enjoyed one penny of it, nor did any of his wives enjoy one dirham of that or dinar. Mm-hmm. Of that, the dinar is the gold coin. The dirham is the silver coin. The dinar of the Prophet Sallallahu time, at his time, it was four point two five grams of gold. Keep this in mind. All right, memorize this number: four and a quarter. Four point two five grams of gold is one dinar. At dia, the value of the human body is not the value of the soul. The value of the human body is one thousand dinar. That's four thousand two hundred and fifty grams of gold how much is that in dollars today at this point in time 250 grand okay so if you kill somebody accidentally or if they forgive you and they want the deal if you kill them intentionally in our time you would owe them a quarter of a million dollars mm. okay if you were to abort if you were to hit somebody and then they would lose their baby they would miscarry their baby it's twenty five thousand dollars because the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said the ghurra is ushr Okay, Oshr Adiyah. One tenth of the Diyah. It's $250,000. 10% of that is $25,000. So we actually don't have um, this concept and this idea of suing for numbers that are like absurd. Hmm. If you remember that the woman in McDonald's, she had her a cup in her lap and she burned her thighs and she sued and won for a million dollars. You would say, no, your thigh is not worth a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. The messenger of... See, we, no one would know this. How would, how would aql ever come to this conclusion? It cannot. It has to come from tahsim al-amr min Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It mm-hmm. has to be from the creator. Like certain things, you just need a rule from the creator. Mm-hmm. When does the soul enter the body? We have no clue. It has to come from the soul, from the Prophet sallallahu Okay? So, uh, the, the, the human value of a human being is 1,000 dinar for the city folk. And 100 camels for the Bedou, which are very few today. In the past, there were a lot. Okay? 
And for the, the farmers of cows, they have their own number, too, by cows. But most people today are city people, right? All right, Ryan, we ready? Okay, let's check this out. This, uh, let's check out this. Um, find the stream here, Jenna, and then get, open the comments up okay. so we can see. This is the first picture that we have here, okay? And this, you could see, is a far-off picture. It's, it's a model of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam's, um, okay, good, his home, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Next picture. Next picture is going. This this is one of my favorite pictures. Okay, you see that the wall, the the, the rectangle, is the house of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as a rectangle. Uh, sorry, the masjid, and then the hujurats come off of that, and there are two opinions on these hujurats. Because they started simply to come off. As the Prophet ﷺ married again, they branched, the hujurats branched off of themselves. So you'll see in another picture that. We won't try to change the slide just yet. Keep it on this slide. At the front there, they used to pray the daytime prayers. Okay? The daytime prayers they used to pray there when it was sunny, really hot. When it was cool, Fajr, Maghrib, Isha, you pray in the open air area. Mm. Of course, when it was raining, by the way, there's no mats here. It's all mud, okay? It's all mud. There are no mats here. Not mud, but dirt, soil, okay? And that's basically how you uh, can envision the message of the Prophet. From that time onwards, any time that a Sahabi left Medina and went off to establish, let's say he was involved in the Khilafah and he was at, uh, in the Imara, and he established a new city, they built the city exactly the way Medina was built. Masjid in the middle. The emir and the army, house attached to the masjid, the souq, the marketplace around it, where you can buy and sell and buy food and do everything. And then the homes of the people after that, and then the, the shepherding after that. So that, because you need room to shepherd. That was the way that the prophet established the city. And all the early cities which we said was, for example, Fustat, Kufa, all the cities where the Muslims went, this is where the, uh, uh, this is how they did it. Okay, they built the city. Next slide. This was, there we go. Another rendition of the Prophet's Masjid. Now, what is the difference here? Okay, originally, the Qibla was the opposite way, Right? Why is this? There's more accuracy in this. Why is that? The Qibla was the opposite way in the beginning. So in the beginning, so there's, there's shade on both sides. Because they built the shaded area facing south in the beginning. Okay? Which is the left part of your screen, the, nor, the, 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 the northwest part of your screen is south, facing Mecca. But then the Qibla, sorry, facing Jerusalem. Then the Qibla was rendered to be south. Sorry, I, I switched my, uh, mixed up my north and south. The Qibla used to be north, then it was south. So the northwest part of your screen is the north, facing Jerusalem. So that's why it's covered. And then this Qibla was reversed to become south, southeast. And so that's why they added another shaded section. Okay, And we don't have direct nus about that, but it's assumed. Because how do you have a shaded section on the south end of the masjid when the qibla used to be to the north. So that's why the 
it's jihad of the historians is that there's two shaded sections. The original shaded section, then the new qiblas, they built another shaded section because now all their salah will be that way. Okay? And the original shaded section was also the area for where the women prayed. Because in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the women prayed there. Okay, next line. And see, there it is again. Two shaded sections. There's a shaded, shaded section of the old qibla. And those are the homes. Yeah. There's a shaded section of the old qibla when the qibla used to be northbound to Jerusalem. And then when the qibla was changed, the south side, they built another shaded section. So you had a small shaded section that became the women's area and a large shaded section which was the, uh, the new qibla where they prayed Dohranas. And it's bigger than the north side shaded section. So does that mean the older shaded section, the first initial one, later became, became the area where the women prayed? The women's section, yeah. yeah. And then that north section, shaded section, was added. Okay. Sorry, the south shaded section was added. Okay, next line. Oh, palm tree trunks. So they would get palm trees, they'd get the trunks of palm trees, and then uh, they would use them as the pillars. Now, would they, would they dig and establish the dead trunk into it? Probably, right? I'm assuming you're not going to just try to balance it. You can't balance it. So you take the trunk of the tree, probably remove the fibers, and then dig a hole, stick that trunk in there, Right? And then go across. And you pre- probably lay them all down to make them even first. People think back in the day that these Sahaba, everything was so random and they were not like bright or something. No. They take a palm tree trunk, lay them all together, clean them off, make them even size, okay? Dig the holes and then place them all. Then you have perfect set of pillars, right? Yeah. Perfect distance between. Do you think they were com- everything was haphazard and all that? The ancients were like just Dumb really, really backwards and didn't yeah. know. I mean, they said about like the the concrete or the cement that the Romans used to make for their roads, like that was lost for like a thousand years. We, like we, we didn't know where they, they still have it. Roman roads in Great Britain, yeah. like that are still used. So it's like, Ex- how, you know, how do you explain that? Like they knew certain things that probably the information we have now is probably lost. We also don't know how the pharaohs at that time used to make the color on which they used to paint on top of the. Uh, the, 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 the pyramids, like when you go inside, and all over, they, had, they have colors in their hieroglyphics, right? Mm. And how did those colors stay there for so long? What was those colors made out of? Right? It, it wasn't simp- clearly made out of a liquid. It would have evaporated a long time ago. Mm. Like if it was a, like a liquid, like bugs, they used to take bugs, mix it with water. But that would be so easy to evaporate over like within a century, dry off. So that's also a mystery. Like the, the way that they use color. There's a lot of things. Human, the human being essentially is the same. When you're young, you want to be cool. You want to be a bit different, right? We use the word cool. They probably had their own word, right? The, uh, the, all the youth are all the same. Yeah, and he, what did Qabil fight Habib over? A girl. Fought over a girl, right? SubhanAllah. All right, Shockwave is talking about his, his, his coming up. Qurbani, he's from Ghana. Okay, and he's been put on the spot, and all the pressure now. Sophia's talking about him. You can Sophia's do a shock 
shocking that she's expecting. And she's like, basically, you're not going to, Shockwave, you're not going to show up here on the stream again if we don't get a Qurbani. Okay? You can do if, it, man. Yeah, if we don't see a picture of, now don't go and get us some, any guy from Ghana doing a Qurbani. We need evidence that it's Video you. Video footage. Well. So we need your driver's license picture. Next, first of all, we don't actually, we don't even know his name. So <laughs> forget that. We, we won't know. But we need to see. Actually, can you get us live footage with your iPhone? Okay. How about this, Shockwave? If you, you get it, and I'll do it too. I'm going to try to do a Qurbani this year too. All right. And I'm going to put up mine up too, just so that we don't make him the left, left off by himself. All right. Uh, all right, next slide. Now here is an image of the, again, the north, you can see, has one shaded area. The south has a larger shaded area. And in this, in this display, they showed you what the roof would have looked like. And the roof would have, before it's covered, the roof would have looked like, of the shaded area, the all palm trees and sticks, large sticks, Okay. And then they covered that up with the fibers and, go, and, and, and any material that they had. The fibers of the palm tree. And now you see the hujurat of the Messenger of Allah. So what does the hujurat mean? It means rooms. You see the rooms of the Prophet's wives. They lived there. Okay. Now here's another question. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, had 12 women in his life. This was a necessity in order to establish many relations, right? And establish many sunan for the women. And for men on how to deal with the husbands to deal with those types of wives. Mm -hmm. So if the Messenger of Allah وسلم, had one wife, we would have one sunnah, right? So, but the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in order to establish sunnah for family life, he married older than him, younger than him. He married... Previously married woman, never married woman, only one Sayyid Aisha. And Hafsa, I think. Hafsa I've never married before. I think right? Sayyid Hafsa wasn't married. She had married. Let me so only, oh yeah, double check that. Um, so he had to have all these sunan and all different types of women. Okay? They're all examples for Ummahat and what we need. There's the very quiet wives, there are the active wives. Okay? There are different types of wives. But in order to also remove the shubha, and they say, oh, the Messenger of Allah, yes, he's used his messengership, now he loves women. But wait a second. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rendered the Prophet wasallam to only have one wife for the bulk of his youth years. From age 25 all the way to age 50. That's, isn't that the heat of a man's youth, right? Of his life? He had one wife. And she was older than him. If it's like what they say, then all of his youth years would have been spent having different wives. And that was not the sunnah of the Prophet. So in order to remove from people the saying, they're saying that, oh, he's seeking women. Then who did he marry after that? He married Sayyidah Sauda. Sayyidah Sauda was much older than the Messenger of Allah wasallam. So his first two wives are older women. And then the next wife, he has Sayyidah Aisha. She's number three. But Sayyidah Aisha was too young. So he didn't even marry, like, they had a, a marriage contract. And then three years, no consummation. And that was by Amr from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, the atheist doesn't believe that. So forget that point out. 
Thereafter, he married widows and, vari and, and women that would become either the women of his closest companions, relations such as Umar ibn Khattab, and then the marriage of his own daughters to Sayyidina Uthman, Ishara of the Khilafah coming forward, and also the wives of his greatest enemy at that time, Abu Sufyan, to soften that blow. That when Abu Sufyan has good relations with the messenger, he's able to say, well, my daughter's in his household. Right? I have ties. So there's wisdom behind all of these marriages. Okay. So, not to cut you off, but yes. Sayyidah Hafsa was uh, previously married to Khunais ibn Hudayfa. Okay, so Sayyidah Isha, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Sayyidah Isha is the only one yeah. of the wives of the Prophet yeah. that was never married before. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, next slide. This is an image, it's a slightly blurry, of the Messenger's room, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. of course, without these lamps. But it seems that it's just a skin to sit on and a raised bed to sleep on. Allah Adam, if that's if the, his bed was raised or not. I don't believe it was raised. I think yeah, that's I, have, a I have a question. I, I, yeah. What kind of this? This sometimes you see in countries like uh, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Central Asia. Yeah, I, I I'm just wondering. Uh, like I, you, you know. I don't think that it was raised at all because uh, Subhanallah, I remember uh, Habib Omar. Yeah, I remember you mentioned remember that story. Yeah. He entered, his son was newlywed, and he came and he found a raised bed, and he said, "Remove this from the house. Yeah. We sleep on the floor." Yeah, and the messenger's uh, bed was a skin, a large skin that they would just double over once to be soft, for softness. Okay. Okay, so that was basically the uh, room of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. All right. Next. All right, that's it? All right, good. That's it. Let's turn now to our seerah, uh, or our shama'il, our actual reading from the shama'il. And today we're going to read about the scent of the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, because it's very important to know this sunnah, because it's going to make people actually want to be around you. It's going to make them love you. It's going to make the malaika love you. This malaika share with us scent, and that's what our topic is today. All right, our topic is the scent that the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to utilize, and he used to put emphasis on this. Okay, on Abdullah ibn Mukhtar, on Musa ibn Anas ibn Malik, Anas ibn Malik, he had a son named Musa, on Abihi, Musa is narrating from his father Anas ibn Malik. قال كان لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم سكة يتطيب منها. So first of all, a lot of the personal traits of the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم are narrated by Anas bin Malik. Anas bin Malik was a boy of ten years old when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم entered Medina and his mother had realized that Anas had just lost his father. That year, Anas lost his father. Malik, Anas ibn Malik. Malik, the father of Anas, had passed away. And so the mother realized it would be a good idea for him to have an older figure as a mentor. And how lucky is Anas ibn Malik that the mother took him down to the mosque. She said, my boy here had lost his father and it would be great for him to have a male influence and he can serve you. Also, she's saying this as a believer too. So... so 
The Messenger instructed her. Every morning have him do the chores he needs to do for you and then send him down. So around Duha when the sun is up, he finishes chores for his mother and he come down. And he spent all day on the peri- periphery and the perimeter of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, Okay. And then around Maghrib, he would go home. After Salat al-Maghrib in the mosque, he would go home while it's still light out because he's still a boy. And as he got older, he would stay longer until Aisha when he could be trusted to go by himself. Anas ibn Malik is the one who narrates, for example, the stitches or the mark. There's a small line on the chest of the Prophet I imagine that, and Allah knows best, that the Prophet must have at some point removed his shirt and Anas ibn Malik is a boy. Boys look, right? They may not have the haya of an adult who would turn down. Yeah. So he looked. That's the value of having children around. Is they would, and also, they would do things that others wouldn't do. The Sahaba wouldn't do. It's also the value of a lot of um, the Bedouin. Not all the Sahaba are the same. Mm-hmm. Some Sahaba are trained by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They would never gaze at him like this or talk directly. Other Sahaba are are new. They would come in, and they're Bedouin. They would yell out loud and ask the Prophet direct questions. And we learn from that. Okay? So where a Sahabi may have been ashamed to do something, others did it, and we benefit from that. So Anas ibn Madik is the transmitter of a lot of the little things of the Prophet's life because he was with him every single day. And if there was a meal at the house of the Prophet, for lunch, for example, of course, Anas would come and eat from him. Okay? And we have many other hadith about that. Pull up the comments again. Yeah. Just one thing I want to yeah. say, like I, I think this, uh, what the mother of Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik did, and that she gave her son to the Prophet yes. son to do like khidmah, basically. Yes, I think this is something that we should revive. Like if there's someone that 100%. you you like, let's say uh, someone trustworthy, knowledgeable, and pious that you feel would have a great impact on mm-hmm. your child, you should send your child to serve him. Hundred percent. And 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 let him learn and pick up things, and you know, especially if he needs like a very strong. Male role model. I think this is something we should revive, actually. And and also, if people work in masajid or in places that are public, like there's less of a haraj because there won't be like in his home, for example, yeah. where you don't know what's going on or you can't go all the time. So we would actually, for example, in the masjid, we have a long list of people who want to volunteer, right? And those volunteers, they come in, they serve for a couple of years as volunteers, and they learn a lot, and they stay in the masjid a lot too. So they benefit a lot from volunteering. And that's basically our version of that today. And that volunteering is so important because not every parent's going to be perfect. Every parent's going to have a naqs. And it's other members of the community that fill that naqs. So if if you, for example, have a very harsh mom or dad, but by hanging out other people in the community, realize some people are not harsh. So you don't imagine that adults are all harsh. You know that other people aren't harsh. So they're different. Or if you have bad habits and your parents don't pick up on it, okay? Your parents don't pick up on those bad habits. Okay? Uh, volunteers, uh, adults could. They pick up on those bad habits and say, listen, you need to come on time. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to do this, that, and the other. By the way, I forgot to tell everyone, Mecca Books put in the discount code Safina. Uh, you can buy this. There's a discount code. Safina, 
Okay, discount code. I'll, I'll, I'll make you a new banner, Ryan. We'll get a new banner so that it says discount code Safina. Next hadith is also from Anas ibn Malik. Oh, we never actually talked about the hadith. Okay. The Prophet ﷺ had a sukkah that he would use for tib. Okay, tib is the good scent. Okay. And that commentary on the sukkah is a itr box. Okay, it's a bottle essentially. And he used to use that for itr. What's so funny, Ryan? This Talk is, to me. Which which part of the chat? Who? YouTube? Who? Sophia and Adam? From here. Women should be honored. Okay, let me find that. Uh, all right, we're, we're taking a pause here to read some of the stuff. Adam, sorry to interrupt, but this is apparently <coughs> juicy stuff. Uh, Adam Abraham says women should be honored. Okay, yes, we agree with that. Okay. No did we say that was not okay? Wrong. Adam Ibrahim, women have rights. I am alone. Okay. Um, Just keep doing. We know all. We know all the Sophia and Adam. Okay. Um, who is this Adam Abraham? All right. Adam Abraham is talking and he's saying, "What do you mean, Sophia?" And Adam says, "Sophia and Ma'am, I have needs." What is going on here? Where's this going? Okay. I think the lack of polygamy, says Abdul Majid, also plays a role in the divorces, having a hard time remarrying. I guess if you go by mere statistics, if one man has four slots, there's going to be more marriages and less single women. By statistics, Yanni. Okay. Adam says, uh, I don't want to delay, I want to explore. All right. Adam is down with bad with all due respect someone says maham she blocked him already all right sophia she says he deserves lashes for real what is uh, going on what is happening here adam says oh i would enjoy that lash me what is happening here man <laughs> sophia think, blocked him i think you guys Plus, need to mute the she blocked him. okay she got he got himself blocked by sophia and maham are not playing games Okay. What is down bad? That must be a term in British term that I'm not familiar with. They're saying that. Down bad is like you're like. Is that a new term? Yeah, it's just like you're sad. In your feelings. <laughs> so, very interesting uh, little comment section here. Yeah, so Adam, inshallah, you can. Uh, so we have Mawanda. Mawanda for getting married. Right? So. Next, so about the sukkah, okay, the sukkah is like, it's basically like a bottle or a box in which the Prophet used to have his itr, and he used to always apply it upon himself. Of course, the itr has to be something, right? So, in something. And the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, according to Anas bin Malik, كَانَ لَا يَرُدُّ He used to never reject when someone offers him tib. Okay. He used to never uh, be able to... Um, he would never reject it. It's always something good. So that means even if you were offered, let's say, a tib that you don't really like the fragrance, yeah. just in following the son of the Prophet, you should take it, even if you don't really like the fragrance. Yeah. 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 And nowadays, these people say, oh, I, don't give me that. I have a headache from this. I have a headache yeah. from that. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, 
Or they say it's too strong, uh, you know. I'd yeah. Just, just take it. Say Jazakallah Allah Take it. Take it so it doesn't offend somebody. Yeah. Give it to someone else. Yeah. yeah. Next hadith on Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ثلاث ثلاث لا ترد three things you should never turn it away الوسائد meaning someone gives you a pillow or in our day and age a seat to sit on والدهن which is a طيب واللبن milk okay now do you know that we actually most of us have never drank pure milk unfortunately unfortunately you drank it. Raw milk. Straight milk from the cow. It, it says on the, on the uh, container, though, like, yeah. this, you can get an infection from this. You from can. Yeah. Yeah, because in New Jersey, it's illegal. Yeah. Pennsylvania, it's allowed. In New Jersey, it must be boiled and then cooled. Pasteurized, right? Pasteurized. I have yeah. a Salafi friend, and he's raw milk guy. He got it. Okay. He's, he's I know one brother milk. who gets his raw milk from the Amish, but, and I asked to, like, yeah. get in the network, but it's, like, private. Like, they don't want to risk any new problems. Oh, yeah, because... Yeah. Believe it or not, we'll it's hilarious. You know what's hilarious? I was reading one time that the FBI did a sting operation yeah. Yeah, yeah. on a local New Jersey yeah. grocer, a farmer, who's selling under-the-counter Pennsylvanian raw milk. Yeah. I'm like, FBI, that's what you guys you are guys doing. You guys could be drug, you know, yeah. busting drug dealers <laughs> and murderers and yeah. international criminals, but you want to attack the milkman. Like. You want to <laughs> pick on this poor farmer with his overalls yeah. for selling cow's milk in this day and age. Yeah. So, I... I tried it once in my life in England. And we were walking to England. And on Saturdays, London is a fun city on Saturdays in the summertime. There's all sorts of um, markets that come up. So we saw a farmer's market. So we get in there, and they have raw milk. And we never tried this before. So I bought a pretty... I tasted it. It was amazing. By the way, it's not white. It's a little bit yellow. Off-white. How does the taste compare to, like, this milk? Like, is it more creamy? Is it Super more creamy. Super creamy. Mm. Uh, but creamy that doesn't make you want to vomit. Like, mm. you know, like, if you drank down half and half, you'd vomit. Right? Oh, yeah. You wouldn't, like, be too much. So I took this, and I was like, all right, take it. We spent the rest of the day, like, indoors. I finished the whole thing. <laughs> I finished that entire thing that in one day. Just chilling inside, drinking rum. <laughs> By the way, anytime that you guys know anyone from Pennsylvania, or every time... We go to Maqasid from now on. Yeah, we get ourselves some raw milk. Okay. Um, smuggle it under state lines. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're literally smuggling under state lines. Milk. We're milk criminals here. Yeah, the I heard there's a black smugglers. market. There's a conspiracy theory about this, I think. About what? like milk, like making people like feminine and like. Because uh, uh, the hormones in them? The yeah. hormones in the milk are making the boys have more uh, of feminine hormones or whatever. I heard about this. It's also from the plastics. There's another theory that it's coming out of the plastics. Another theory is coming out of the shampoos, that it's giving um, boys like like more feminine hormones. Hmm. Estrogen. Estrogen. <laughs> this hadith is from Abi Huraira this time. Mm-hmm. The the tib, this the good scent of the men is what the scent comes up, but there is no color. Mm-hmm. There doesn't change the color of your face or whatever you put it on. And the tib of women is that which does have a little bit of a color to it. So it colors the skin, but the scent is lower. Mm-hmm. Okay. Less. 
It's a very important point. It's a very important point. And Tlaib, women in the Sunnah of the Prophet wasallam are taught that they should not have anything that attracts attention of other males. Yeah. So, for example, if a woman is going to go out somewhere, let's say she has a job or somewhere else, then scent and dangling bracelets that make noise and anything that would attract the sensory perception of a male should be avoided. Yes. So that's something very important so that we don't have fitan in the workplace mm-hmm. and people falling in love with each other and shahwat being riled up. Okay? And we don't have this concept that the women in the sharia does not have this concept that the women can do whatever they want and the men have to discipline themselves. That is the concept of the secular hmm. morals. You have your own deen. Lakum deenukum deen. Our deen is the deen of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he put the responsibility on both sides, yes. not one side. You know, uh, so one side don't try to attract, and the other side lower your gaze. Both the responsibilities on both sides. Both Isn't parties that more have fair? to work. Yeah, yeah. Both parties have to do something. And we also don't say is also har- uh, not for us to say that when a man aggresses upon a woman with his eyes or his tongue or his hands that we go and say, oh, the woman, uh, she shouldn't have been dressing that like that anyway. Yes, that's a separate point, And the mm-hmm. man is also guilty. Yeah. It's not like the man is some haiwan animal that he's guiltless and faultless if he sees temptation and he goes after it. Yeah. She's guilty and he's guilty. Yeah. Right? And his guilt may be worse if, because he's doing i'tida. Yeah. I'tida is you're going upon someone else's rights. Okay. So that's our law in Islam. And our law is not going to die off. Our way of living in the followership of the Messenger wasallam, will outlast all of these fads and all this stuff that's going on because we've seen it already. In our own lifetime, we've seen it. The Marxists and the communists, mm-hmm. gone. 19. They went into Afghanistan, big shots. They came out with the tail between their legs and they collapsed a few years later, right? So we see these movements come do damage for a little bit and leave and what do we see of our sharia every generation it continues every generation it's going to continue mm-hmm. uh, by the honor of the ones who honor it or by the humiliation of the one who wants to try to fight against it okay next one this is a hadith from Abi Uthman and Nahdi qala قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم إذا أعطي أحدكم الريحان فلا يرده فإنه خرج من الجنة If any one of you is given ريحان don't uh, reject it for it is something of paradise the good scent is something of paradise where do all good scents come from some people say and Allah knows best from the tears of Sayyidina Adam when he came down Okay, so let's see what the Sharh says about this Rayhan. Um, it says here that the word Rayhan. Uh, yes. Like uh, they said, say in the hadith, uh, Sayyidina Hassan, he is Sipti Rasulullah wa Rayhaniyati. Yes. So Rayhan is a type beautiful of. Beautiful scent. Yeah, beautiful scent or plant, I think. Mm-hmm. So Allah Ta'ala made an, an imitation of the fragrance of Jannah in this world. There's an imitation of paradise in this world through scent. Sayyidina Umar used to put, uh, he used to scent up the, uh, the Prophet used to scent up the masjid with smoky scents, bakhur what we call, or uh, those, those uh, 
you light it on coals every dhuhr. Sayyidina Umar added in Ramadan tarawih. Okay. It increases desire and zeal. Like you're in a spiritual mood when you scent, smell those nice scents, right? And they also have associations because there are many mashayikh who follow the sunnah very well. So whenever you smell itr and oud, you remember those shiyukh. Okay. Is it true that uh, these scents, I've heard, the shayatin also don't like them? And it keeps and I, the I also heard that the oud scent is something that the, uh, the shayatin do not like. Hmm. I heard that. It's something that attracts the angels but repels the shaytan. Yeah. That's what the people it say. It attracts malaika and it repels uh, uh, the shayateen. I've heard that. All right. The next hadith, let's see what Abu Isa Tirmidhi says. وَلَا نَعْرِفُ لِحَنَانٍ غَيْرَ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ وَقَالَ عَبْدُ الرَّحْمَنِ مِنْ أَبِي حَاتِمٍ فِي كِتَابِ الْجَرْحِ وَالْتَعْدِيلِ Okay, this is الجرح التعديل, مسألة الجرح والتعديل. And now let's go to the next hadith. عن جرير بن عبد الله قال عرت بين يدي عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه فألقى جرير رداءه ومشى في إزار فقال له خذ رداءك فقال عمر للقوم ما رأيت رجلا أحسن سورة من جرير إلا ما بلغنا من سورة من سورة يوسف عليه السلام This final hadith states that جرير بن عبد الله said I was presented in front of Umar ibn Khattab like I was introduced to Umar ibn Khattab Jareed threw off his top shawl and walked only in his waist strap so he had no top and he had his waist strap on Umar told him to take his, his top sheet and put it on again put your shirt on again in other words and remember what we said that the, the clothes of the poor back in the day was a rectangle you just put that over your shoulder and you wrap it around yourself that was the clothes of the poor just a pure rectangle that you put over your shoulder and wrap around your torso. Like ihram almost. And then Sayyidina Umar said, I have not seen anyone handsomer than Jarir, his face and his torso, besides what we have heard of Sayyidina Yusuf a.s. Okay. Now someone may say, why did not Sayyidina Umar say the Messenger It's not appropriate to speak in the Prophet in that manner when like describing torso. So maybe that's why Sayyidina Umar said that. What we heard of Sayyidina of Yusuf as Siddiq shows that he must have been more handsome, handsome and more beautiful than Jarir. Otherwise, it seems that none more handsomer than, uh, than him. Yeah, that there was none more handsomer than Sayyidina Yusuf. Sayyidina Umar was making a detailed inspection of the army at the time of jihad. So every soldier's body was inspected. Hmm. And Jarir was amongst them. That's why he, was, he came with his top off. There are a few perplexities in this hadith. Okay. But to keep this matter short, one of these perplexities is the beautiness and handsomeness of Sayyidina Yusuf is exempted here. But the beauty and handsomeness of the Messenger of Allah is not mentioned here. Why? We can openly say that the handsomeness of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was greater than Sayyidina Yusuf's. But not mentioning this all right, is exempted. It's left as a known exception. Or, he's saying that the handsomeness of the Messenger ﷺ was hidden. And that's something very important because women had fitna. They had a fitna for the handsomeness of Sayyidina Yusuf. And therefore, that is actually a shortcoming in the concept of followership. Now those women were not obliged to follow Sayyidina Yusuf 
at that moment of time, Sayyidina Yusuf did not declare himself, I'm your messenger, follow me. The messenger of Allah وسلم, did declare himself, I'm your messenger, follow me. Therefore, it would not be appropriate. The messengership could not be complete if the women had fitna for the messenger. They were tempted by him. And they were thinking of him in any way other than as a messenger. So that's why Allah has covered the beauty of the messenger Okay, uh, so that there would be no fitna there for the women. That would be a fitna for the women and a destruction of the men's relationship with their prophet. Because if the women, if the men knew that all, oh my wife, she, she's a Muslim now, but she also now looks at the Prophet in a certain way and has a temptation towards the Prophet that poses a problem for the Sahabi. That Sahabi would have an issue at that point. And if you came and your wife, you get married, and your wife says, I'm taking a Hanafi fit class, okay? One week into the class, she's like obsessed with the Hanafi fit class, Okay? You're going to say, enough with that. Let me teach you Hanafi fiqh, right? <laughs> oh, I have to go to the sheikh's class. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, what the sheikh said. The sheikh this, the sheikh that. You're going to be fed up with this, right? I'm learning. I'm, you're going for deen or you're going for temptations, right? So that temptation is not becoming for deen, matters of deen, okay? And therefore, as a result of that, the Prophet wasallam was made immune from being a fitna towards those women. Very important uh, point to mention. All right, let's stop here and we finish this 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 uh, chapter. A nice, I love his chapters are very short. Okay, these chapters are very short, simple for us to read. All right, we got. By the way, everyone should have this book. Get it from meccabooks.com. Type in Safina as the password or the, the, the coupon code. That, this book should be in every household. It should be... It's funny because certain books, they say there should be a khitam of it every year, right? Mm-hmm. Then they say Bukhari should have a khitam of it every year if you're talking about Then they say Shifa' Qadi'iyah should have a khitam of it every year. Then your fiqh book, whatever is your book of, is of law, if you're a student of knowledge, you should have a khitam of that every year. And of course, the Quran once a month or once every two months. Mm-hmm. All right, Rebecca Gerard is watching. Welcome to our live stream. And if you have any questions on Islam, please feel feel free to answer it or to ask it and mention it on the stream. Andre Pereira, Feruz Fayez, Renee Mendez, Montero, Omar Salim, Abu Fatima Azubairi, okay, Kath Clayton. Red Ceresi, all of you on Facebook, feel fr- please feel free to put in your comments or questions. Now let's take a look at what in the world is going on with the YouTube live stream today. Okay. First question. We were told to burn smelling Bukhur at Maghrib. Okay. After Maghrib and recite Hasmun alone and 450 times. Hmm. I have heard a lot of times ulama saying that recite Hasbunallah and Amr 450 times. Allah Adam, where that number came from, but I did hear it from a lot of righteous scholars. Maybe they're referring to burning Abu Khur time because doesn't the hadith say uh, at sunset bring your children in because yeah. this is when the shayateen time, time of shayateen. So maybe, maybe that's why. So it's a protection from the shayateen of the evening. The shayateen of the evening, by the way, they're not in the streets anymore. They're all connected through this. What would you rather as a parent? 
to discover that your kid is scrolling through the internet until two in the morning or walking in the neighborhood until two in the morning. <laughs> I'd rather have him walking. Yeah, I'd rather have him walking in the neighborhood. Worst comes to worst, there's going to be basically like a raccoon that bites him or something. <laughs> Take a break here to mention patreon.com backslash Safina Society is how you're going to contribute to our program. And you're going to be part of this by contributing. All right. Patreon.com backslash Safina Society or right here on YouTube. All right, let's take, we have question and answer. We'll take Q&A for about 20 minutes. How's that? Matthew Gaming, I safely say that saying Rabbana five times when making dua does work. That is from Sayyidina Jafar al-Sadiq, based on the last ayat of Surah Al-Imran. Each one begins with Rabbana, then it says, فَاسْتَجَابَ mm. All right. What's the ruling on khalwa during a medical consultation? The answer is, it has to, for Muslimah, the answer is it has to be, um, der- it has to be uh, a matter of a masala of darura. Um, like for example, he's the only doctor on my insurance plan. It has to be darura. He cannot do khalwa or be touched by another male, yes. or for the men, for the female, without a reason. What can I do to speed up faraj? You can say, Allahumma ajil bil faraj. This dua is acceptable to make. Oh Allah, make the, 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 the faraj or the salvation come quickly. Uh, do you guys have any recommendation to buy Bukhur from? This question is from Zakiya, and the answer is yes. It's called, what is it called? One we get from? It's called Misk Shop. Misk, M I S K, shop, S O H O P P E. Misk shop. In the UK? They ship everywhere. Oh. They're based here? Really? On your way to NUI, you pass it you, oh, you, without even realizing. Yep. If you move there, it'll be two minutes from you. Okay. Yeah. George's Road. But the, the so. store, and like hardly anyone comes in, he's just got a massive trailer in the back, and he does shipment. His, his son, him and his son are shipping stuff. It is wholesale or retail too? Retail. Okay. All retail. Ismail Pasha might do it. Udimentary. I was thinking to buy Udimentary, actually. Like, I want to buy the whole company. Udimentary. From Osama Khan and used to have Udimentary. Really good stuff. Like, a lot of misc shops, a lot of misc sellers, they sell good stuff and they sell a lot of junk. And the junk, it just smells like soap. Right? You put it in and it just smells like soap. It's like you took a, a hot coal and you put, uh, uh, like, Tide on top of it or something. Or, or, or kitchen soap. But Udimentary only sells you the best stuff. And you will pay the best amount of money for it too, right? Because you can pay a lot. Okay. Ryan, did uh, Osama's son, Rahimahullah, did he answer you? Did he join the group? Uh, Hello? Yeah. I don't think so. That's weird. All right. Aslam says there are so many interesting practices I need to write notes and get a Google Doc to keep up. It's true. The sunnah will fill your life with things to do, like little things to buy. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time when I saw a miswak at an Islamic conference, I was like, what's going on? Why is this guy selling sticks? Why are there sticks on the market, right? And they say, oh, this is the miswak. It really took me like a while to adjust this idea. I was maybe 13 or 12 years old. It took me a while to adjust like this idea of sticks, putting it in your mouth. And then I was like, okay, like I see people doing it. I bought into it, right? 
but it took a while to adjust that concept and that idea. What was the khidma of Sayyidina Anas like? He used to send messages to people. Go get some. Go find me so and so. And in the old old times, of course, how did you find someone? You literally walked around the town to find him. Like, let's say I wanted to talk to somebody. You walked around town to look for him. All right? And that's one of the things that Sayyidina Anas would do. He would help, uh, he would help for example, in the, the, if there was an animal that the Prophet slaughtered. Right? He would help show newcomers, like, where's the masjid? Where do I do this? How do I make wudu? Later on, he was a teacher. Like brand new Muslim, how do I make wudu? How do I make salah? As really? he grew older. Didn't they say Sayyidina Anas, he lived to like 100 and... Oh, Sayyidina Anas lived to 120. He lived 100 years after the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu Yeah. And he had, he's had like a large number of grandchildren, I heard. Like. Yes, and that's one of the reasons why the, the majaz of the Prophet's speech is pointed to. Because the Prophet, sallallahu had a hadith. He made a statement once in which he said, in 100 years, all of us will be dead. Right? Mm. No, no one on the earth will be alive. But Anas was alive. So therefore, there's, it meant عَمَّةً Generally speaking, mm. we'll all be dead. Right? Or, to be, if it was literal, the way to take it literally is that Anas was not in the room. Mm. All of us in the room will be dead. That's haqna. Right? So, majaz means like allegorical or metaphorically. Abdul Shakur. Is it enough to say Wirja Latif for the morning of Qar and Ratib for the evening of Qar? Yes, that is a very good routine of ibadah. If you can do that, it's good. Is driving a non mahram in an Uber or taxi considered khalwa? That is a good question, and all of the Arab muftis have answered that question. I'm sure the Desi muftis have too, in that if the matter is, and they, the, one of the answers I saw is that if it's a matter of ikhtiyar, then it depends on the intention. For example, if I get an Uber, I don't know who's coming. Or I may know, but I don't know if she has a mahram with her or not. Right? That's one thing. But if I'm driving the taxi by myself, and I see a, a young lady there, and I see a man there, that you will be taken to account for that. Picking and, the young lady. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, or driving certain hours in which you know something is going to happen. I was in a cab right one time in Egypt. And I saw this man, and that's where the fatwa comes into play, where you're responsible for your choices. Where you, where you don't have a choice, you're not responsible. For example, a man, like literally, he's got no rides, and he needs the money. That's different from the case of somebody. I seen him, I'm in the cab with him, and he says, oh, look at that girl right there, let's pick her up. Ethan, you're Ethan right there, right? You're at them right there. So that's the, that's the question. Can a man wear a ring made of steel? It is makruh, but it is halal, but it is makruh. Uh, sorry, uh, it is makruh, we should say. It's not forbidden, but it is makruh. Why is it makruh? Because hadid is the, one of the description of what they wear in hell. Hot iron. So the Prophet did not like this concept of hadid, okay, to be worn. So this karahiyah there. But it is not sinful. If it's silver, can one wear multiple silver rings on one hand? The ruling on men wearing jewelry, and again, this is again to separate between men and women, is that we are only allowed as men to wear one silver ring, mm-hmm. or one ring in general that is not gold. And the, the value, or the weight, is, um, it has to be, a, it's a certain weight. 
but I can't remember what the weight translates as today. Can you look that up for me? There's a certain weight, so you can't wear a massive one. We don't go around wearing three or four rings, chains, bracelets. What is this? Right? This is not the way that the Prophet wanted our men to be. Okay? Does hand sanitizer break your wudu? It does not break your wudu. And in the state, and it's in its wet state, some ulama consider it najasa. In its wet state, because of the alcohol in it. But if it dries off, then it's no longer najas. Najasa never breaks your wudu. You simply have to wipe it away before you make salah. And the way you wipe it away is with pure water. And you, as long as you pour the water and there's no more, the water comes off clean, then you are good to go. All right, we got some Facebook people so, talking on Facebook. So please put in your questions if you have any questions about uh, the religion of Islam that we're talking about or the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So for the Hanafis, uh, Ibn Abidin, he mentions that it's permissible for men to wear a silver ring that is equivalent or less than a mithqal, which is 2.975 grams. So 2.9 grams yeah. is the maximum. Yeah. Okay. Of the weight, in terms of the weight. Uh, Muhammad Gurkani saying, what do you say about Dalailul Khairat? Dalailul Khairat is a wonderful, wonderful book to read from daily. And they break it up into seven parts for that reason. Sayyid Muhammad Daniel, may Allah make him an Abu one day soon, he said, the Messenger وسلم, the best ibadah is to wait for Faraj. It is. And Faraj here does not mean that you're stuck, it means the answering of your du'a. That means I made du'a for something and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. That's one of the meanings of that. Okay, So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you that tawfiq. If you really love something, you'll wait for it. Okay. Of course, if you can act upon it, that is the answer of your du'a. So if I'm making du'a for water, and there's water right in front of me, my du'a has been answered. Right? The, f- the fact that I can go and take the water, that means the du'a has been answered. Now I have to act upon it. And the faraj, in specific, is the du'a, or the matter that I can't act upon. There's nothing I can do about it. Right? That's what we mean waiting for the opening, waiting for the faraj. Instagrammers, uh, I got flagged again on Instagram, so I can't open up Instagram, although I see it. Uh, it, it won't even let me act upon it. Like, it'll constantly bring me a screen that says you've been... Uh, um, it's completely shut down, but it's going. Yeah, Instagram got disconnected, but here it looks like it's live. Yeah, it, it was live. But it could have been because of that. They yeah. might have been limiting. Sometimes they limit. It limits it, yeah. It limits it. Did the Prophet oil his hair or body? If so, how often? All the time. The Prophet was never dry and sloppy. Sa'udhu billah. Okay? Or they say, hasha. 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 Means impossible for him. The Prophet ﷺ would oil his hair so that the pieces would not be all over the place. And he would oil his beard so that it would not be all over. The, and the Prophet's beard was to his chest and it was wide. It was not... It depends on your face, right? Some people's beard will come down and fulfill what the Prophet had, a full wide beard, and some people's beard will be skinny and come down to a point. Such it was said about Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. He had the face of a sword. Thin face, long, thin, slender. Okay. 
So the prophet used to oil up his beard, and sometimes that would cause some of the white hairs to be covered by the black hairs. Okay. What's the ruling, says Zakiya, on cheap, modest buying from Shane, places like Shane? Never heard of it. When they make their clothes, the way they make their clothes is unethical. Ryan, look it up for us. What is Shane? Shame or Shane? Sheen. Oh, this is not a, this is not an Islamic website. This is a regular website, and Ryan just basically we both got sins. Okay, so um, because we looked up on their website and it came up, but because oh, I saw what they're saying. They're saying because um, modest clothing. I don't know, like it's women's clothing. It's women's clothing, but the way in which it's made, you're not. I don't think you're responsible to investigate even the way in which it's made because that would make life impossible. Like, where was this? ceramic made where was this ipad made where was this shirt made it's not unless it's something that pops out at you right it, then you can say okay i'm boycotting it like in some way it was verifiably you know pointed out to you that it's something that is is uh, involves a dhulm, oppression then yeah you could say i'm going to avoid it but otherwise you're not investigated to go do research every single time it makes life impossible Will we be rewarded, says Muslima, if we share dunyawi knowledge or useful skills that are not religious or spiritual? The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever removes a hardship from a, from a believer in this life, Allah removes for him a hardship on the day of judgment. Okay, which means all benefits. To benefit someone teaching them how to earn a livelihood, of course you're going to get very rewarded for that. Okay. Maham says she didn't know about the rings. Yes, the male, the Muslim man, is only allowed to wear one ring. That's the only jewelry he can wear. Mm-hmm. All jewelry is forbidden in the Quran. Okay. And then after that, one silver ring was made an exception. Okay. And where was the uh, jewelry forbidden in the Quran? Right? And Allah does not mock the halal. He's mocked. Abu, Abu Jahl is mocked. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? He was raised as a child. Okay. Meaning, he was raised up in his upbringing from childhood to adulthood. And his mother puts jewelry on him and puts, makes him wear. So he was wearing jewelry. He was a man of jewelry, Abu Jahl. But then, when he argues with the Prophet, it doesn't make sense what you're arguing. So what is... He's saying here that his mother, by putting jewelry all over him, made him sahib hawa. Hmm. He's a man of whims. That's why he doesn't make sense. He follows his whims. Okay? And how is he fil khisami mubin when in other circumstances we say he was very intelligent in what he said? Fil khisami mubin was because he said, I know he is the messenger of Allah. But my tribe and his tribe were vowing neck and neck. So we must cancel out this. Uh, claim of messengership doesn't make any sense how could you say I know he's a messenger and then imagine you're going to defeat him hmm. so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a qa'idah does not mock the halal so it's a put down okay you're someone who is raised up on jewelry and then you come and try to argue right which your argument doesn't make sense what does it mean it means because of this oh come Habibi put this on Put this on. Put this on your finger. Oh, let's go talk fashion, right? 
You're making a person who loves hawa. Yeah. All his hawa nafs. You're strengthening the ahwa. You're strengthening the desire, the whimsicalness of the person. And therefore, when he comes to argue, he doesn't even make sense. He's following his whims. Okay. Modest clothes are so expensive, says Maham. Yes, it is, because there's more cloth. Right? Uh, but we got to find a solution. ABCDEFC G says, "Laysa lil mu'minina ayuzila nafsa." What does that mean? Laysa lil mu'mini an yuzilla nafsa. What does that mean? It's not for a believer to humiliate himself. And yuzilla nafsa. Yeah. It is not for a hu- person. Not for the believers to humiliate themselves. To humiliate themselves. Yes. Okay. Yes, you do not humiliate yourself. You don't humiliate yourself. You never have to, by the way, by Sharia, you never have to admit to your sins. Someone says to you, have you ever uh, done XYZ Masiya? You don't have to answer that question. Right? People should have been asking it. They, they shouldn't should ask it, it anyway. and the lie is permitted. Of course, if there is a reason, like for example, if you're in a, a, a testifying, yeah. then you can't lie. But someone says to you, hey, did you ever um, smoke marijuana? And like your father-in-law is sitting there. You don't have to say, if you say, well, I don't want to answer that question, you just answered it, right? So you're allowed to say, no, alhamdulillah. Why? Because the sins of a person is not anyone's business. Yeah. And it's also, if we keep saying, uh, uh, yeah, I did it, oh, you did it, yeah, he did it, then what do, what do the youth say? So, okay. Everybody does Everyone it. Everyone does it. And they're good people, and they're trusted in the masajid, and they're given the khutbah and all that stuff. So that's why it's very important. Noor says Noor says I went to Tunis and all the cab drivers had their wives sitting with them Haji <laughs> Maham says what about wedding bands if he wears a wedding band he doesn't wear his aqiq ring right and if he wears his aqiq ring he doesn't wear his wedding band you don't wear two different rings what is a wedding band wedding band is so that uh it's when a man marries, it's a European habit to wear a wedding ring that you go and people know you're married. No, wedding band, though. Wedding what? bands. That's the same it's thing a band as a wedding ring? It's a wedding ring, yeah. Oh, they call okay, it a band. Because okay, okay. there's nothing on it. It's just a... Oh, I thought it'd be like a bracelet straight. or something. No, it's okay. a straight wedding band. Yeah, it's not a band. Uh, it's a band because there's no zakhrafa or any jewelry on it. Mm. It's just a straight thing. Muslima says, can a woman wear perfume if they won't meet non-mahrabs and to an all-women's place? If you're absolutely certain that you will not meet a non-mahram, then yes. For example, likewise, if in the house you can wear it all the time, right? And if then a guest comes, then I guess you would wipe it away, okay? Uh, Noor says, or, or uh, Maham is asking, why would the woman be with the man in the, because so he can pick up other women I guess I always wondered about the Saudi law that they don't want the women to drive yet at the same time every woman has a driver who's a male right how, how does that make any sense makes no sense the Saracen says send my children off to an unrelated adult no thank you I'm the father of three small children the hearts of our time are filled with sickness Yes, it is. That's why if there's anybody going to be volunteering, you volunteer in a public place that has an official organization behind it, 
where you know exactly where they are, what they're doing, and you, they only volunteer at a certain age. Okay? Because of the sickness that is in people's hearts? Yes, that's true. We're not talking about sending them to any, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yeah. We're talking about someone that is, you know, well-known and well-confident that this person is going to raise and educate my children. He has to you do, people are doing that every day. I mean, you're sending your kids every day to, to school. school. right? Where there's you, a do lot you know, of people. Do you know their teachers? Do you, yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah. We're not talking about suspicious circumstances of sending your kids. Exactly, right? and you're sending people, and, you, and no one knows the teachers. Like, my, I remember when I was, when I was at school, about a month into school, there's the parent, the parent comes back at night, and they come and they, fo- they follow your schedule. Right, and you remember this? You make drawings for your parents and leave cards on the desk, and then they come in for the you know, whatever parents come to school day, meeting the teacher for the first time, mm-hmm. the first person I'm spent eight hours with. Right? Subhanallah. Muhammad Ismail Abu says, if you deal with someone in non-dollar currency, then it devalues significantly against the dollar, and the person then asks the amount to be paid based on the dollar. You can ask for a payment on the currency of your cho- choice if you're a merchant. R- Raj says, what about other metal rings? You are allowed to wear any metal except gold. Hanafis? Only silver. Only silver? Sajib. Okay. So in the Madiki school, you're allowed to wear anything except gold. And metal, Hadid, has a karahi, a discouragement to it because of the mention of metal as the use in the hellfire. But it's not forbidden. But in the Hanafi school, it is only silver. Okay. FF says, is reciting Surah Taha good for marriage? How many times? I've never heard of that, but any ibadah in general is good for marriage. For facilitating marriage? Or what was the question? For Allah to, to make you married. To get you the, married. Our teacher said, say the dua, Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayr Yes, Rabbi inni lima The dua of Sayyidina Musa, Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayr faqir is best. Marine Green, uh, they are now talking about women's clothes and how to uh, buy women's clothes. So that's good, I guess. Um, because that's something that's, that's pretty uh, important to have clothes that cover. All right. Likewise, when we said that, let's say a woman has no choice but to travel. And if you're Uber, you can see that the person is a female and there's a male, then you're obligated to choose the female if you're a woman, right? Who is the other person speaking? Hanafi vibes. That is Sheikh Murad Uthman. Confidential. Confidential. But he is our resident Hanafi. Shockwave. Can you ask the potential spouse intrusive questions if you decide to marry them? You can ask that which will affect the marriage only. Okay? You are allowed to ask that. For example, a man may be asked, what's your credit score? What's your medical file? Right? The wali, the father of the woman, he can ask those questions. Maybe not comfortable for the girl to do it, but if, I'm, if a stranger comes up, firstly, I wouldn't even entertain a stranger. Why would I entertain a stranger to marry into my family when we have plenty of Muslims here? Right? Does it make any sense when I know half the kids here to entertain someone foreign, some stranger. So, but let's say I hypothetically I had to. I say, firstly, I need your credit rating. Why? How are you going to rent an apartment? And I need to see your medical report. How do I know you, you have Balawi? Right? <laughs> I need to know. Do you have cancer? <laughs> like you're going to die in two years? Do you have an STD? 
I need your report, right? So I need to see those things. If he's just a complete stranger. You can, you're only allowed to ask questions that relate to the marriage. For example, do you have an ex-wife? So that we could be walking somewhere and then you get yelled at and where there's a drama. It is my right to know, did you have an ex-wife? So that will there be fitna in the future? Do you have children with that woman? So that we would know that, is that kid going to be part of my life or not? Do you plan to have kids? Are you... And then anything going forward for the future, of course. Yes, you ask that question. Anything going forward, yes. But for the things of the past, only that which affects the marriage. Faridah Khan, is Hadid iron or steel? It's iron. Hadid is iron. Okay. Prickly says, I'd like to ask, is why is certain music prohibited in Islam? The Prophet ﷺ made a general prohibition on all instrumentations, then made an exception for the drum, so the drum is halal, percussion. Then the flute was mentioned and played in his presence, both, two different hadiths. One mentioned and one played by a, a shepherd in his presence, and he did not repeat the prohibition. Therefore, some minority of scholars from the Shafi'iyah, from the Madikiyah, they were lenient on that, so holding it just to be discouraged. But that is not the majority opinion. The string instrument never had any ex- exception for it. And therefore, the prohibition continued on the string. And the synthesizer, which is the new instrument today, is differed upon. And the most likely ruling that makes most sense is whatever it sounds like takes that ruling. It takes that ruling. Okay. Unfortunately, this mug is sold out, is no longer produced. This is our Safina-sided mug. Isn't this a really cool mug? It's got the whole the, the ship all over the mug, right? But it's, it was sort of, uh, well, not sort of, but it is no longer in production. The uh, company that made them don't make them anymore. All right, let's stop there. I got to go. I forgot. I realized I have a 3.30 appointment. But I thank you all, guys, so much for giving me and my friends here a chance to do some khidmah and to be part of the to see the wider ummah I mean every day we see them here Monday through Thursday we've got like 20 how many people on Facebook who knows Instagram maybe 100 people we talk to every day and it's really an honor for us to be part of that khidmah so jazakumullah khairan may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us this moment of da'wah and the sa'a of uh, 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 of da'wah and be able to do this khidmah to the Ummah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. Don't forget, tomorrow we end with the dua between Yom al-Dhuhri wa al-Asr. Dua al-Arbi'a'i bayna al-Dhuhri wa al-Asr. Sophia, I didn't see your question, so she's asked real quick. Let's see if you can type it in, copy and paste it. Uh, she said, boycotting Sheen for being unethical. Yeah, I guess if it comes up, Right. If it's something that comes into your face, then yeah, you could act upon that and boycott them. But if it's something that didn't come up, you're not required to investigate how they made their their clothes. Can I just say something? Yes. Yeah, I remember uh, hearing from one scholar, a uh, very famous scholar from the Indian subcontinent. It's yeah. reported he said, "Buy from the Muslims, even if it's more expensive." If you do that with a good intention, yeah. Allah will reward you. Buy from the Muslims even, uh, even if it's slightly 
Because you're helping other Muslims, you're helping them pay their bills, helping them pay, take care of their families. So the Hasidic Jews, they do this. Hmm. The dollar will not leave the Jewish community. Yeah, yeah. Um, it stays in the community. It'll exactly. stay in the community. It'll like stays in the community. Circulates. F- circulate community for a long time before it ever exits, and it only exits if there's absolutely no way for them to hire a Jew mm-hmm. to do that. But we have this bad habit. Oh, I never hire a Muslim. Well, I never hire a Muslim. Do you think that? The Muslim is just a human being, is just like anyone else. Yeah, and if you hire someone who's, uh, you know, from uh, the Indian or American or what, do you think they're going to be any different? Yeah, and even, human beings even, are human beings. Even the very sinful Muslim has a great rank in the judgment of Allah. Yeah. Because he's still a believer. So yeah. I would try to keep your dollar inside the community as much as possible. Yeah. All right, folks. Jazakumullah khairan. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته